Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here. It's kind of rapid fire with Angie and I, and it's just the way God made us. So, Oh, this is just so fun for us. We love it. And today we have a very special topic. Mm-hmm. Nourish the gifts and dreams in your spouse. And this directly has to do with parenting, and we'll tell you why in a second. But it, there's so many good things mm-hmm. happening. We're so glad you're on the journey with us. If you've listened before, given us a rating or a review or shared this, thank you so much because iTunes put us in new and noteworthy. In like three different categories, actually, right? Which, which is amazing. Kids, family, religion, spirituality, Christianity. So really thrilled yeah. about that. And not for our egos, Although that's cool to work towards something and and see people appreciate it, there's nothing wrong with that. But really, it's the mission God has given us to impact one million families with courageous parenting wisdom. We just have to tell you guys, we have seen a huge boost in podcast downloads since being put in the the new and noteworthy section. So it actually has been a huge blessing. It is. It's a huge blessing for the kingdom of God and. We're just excited about that. We're along the ride with you, and we're glad we can give you value, and we're excited to do so. So we always uh, love that. Now, your marriage health defines your parenting health. That's why this is so crucial to parenting. That's right. We will talk more about how one of the best gifts you can give your kids is a strong marriage in a different podcast. But today we are going to specifically talk about how important it is to nourish your spouse in their gifts and their dreams and how that affects your parenting. It really does. And we always like to give, uh, to share a resource with everybody, you know, in every podcast episode. And so that's right. We thought we would share about the roll off. So, Jeremy and Audrey Roloff, friends of ours, they have an amazing podcast called Behind the Scenes. And, and they have a few other ministries too. You can find them at um, beating50.com, I believe, and Odgepodge. And they also have their first book being published coming out April 2nd. They have a marriage journal already, but this is their, it's called a love Love, letter letter life, life, which is so catchy. (laughs) It's so catchy, you guys. And they're inspiring couples to be more intentional and to engage one another in marriage, which of course we're 100% behind that message. They're much younger than us, but we have a lot of respect for them. You should go check them out. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Okay, let's Mm -hmm. dive into this. So the first tip we're going to talk about is be a catalyst for growth in each other. Now growth, what kind of growth are you referring to? Well, most importantly, spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. but it's also personal development. It's also anything that helps your spouse fulfill the things they feel called to, their dreams. So and that gifts. may even be taking care of their body, developing better habits, working out, absolutely, eating healthy. Any of those, anything. 
Yeah. Actually, having devotion time or time with the Lord to study the word or to serve, exercise their gifts, all these things land in the category we're talking about today. And it's so important because I really, we believe that a marriage starts stagnating when the one or two in the couple are not, not growing. growing. If you're not growing, you run out of things to talk about. If you run out of things to talk about, it's a sign that your marriage is stagnating. It's either growing or it's receding. You know, this reminds me of is when we go on date nights and we see couples with nothing to talk about. And they're sitting there. Well, years <laughs> ago, okay, so when we were first married, there were no cell phones. And so we would literally see couples just sitting there like not do anything. They weren't even looking at a phone and yeah. they did, had a hard time figuring out what to talk about. Yeah. And nowadays it's sad because you see couples that maybe even do have things to talk about, but they're so focused on social media that they're not engaging one another. There's an addiction there. Yeah. And they're not addicted to each other. We've got to be addicted to each other. How do you get addicted to each other? You've got to keep interesting. That's right. You got to be interesting. You have new things to talk about. If you're not growing, there's nothing new to talk about. That's true. And not only that, but you got to take interest in one another and continue to study one another. Yes. That's a huge key because honestly, what makes a woman, uh, I'll just speak from my perspective. I know that I feel pretty loved when I feel like my husband values me and understands me, hears me, sees growth in me and points those things out and that just makes me feel like, wow, he is noticing and he's paying attention. And isn't that what we loved about when we first got married? Absolutely. And we don't want to prevent each other from growing either because we haven't been paying attention and our spouse has been trying to grow, but oh. we don't let them grow because we still view them how they used to be. Oh, that is a huge thing. We've talked about this multiple times. Remember how we used to talk about this in marriage conferences, yeah. actually? Yeah. We would we would get a bunch of couples together and we would speak at a mar- choosing growth mm-hmm. in your marriage conference. And we would talk about the importance of allowing one another to grow in those areas that maybe they've developed a reputation with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a lot of couples get into a rhythm. But some of those rhythms are not very healthy, like regarding conflict, right? There are certain ways that certain people can respond to things. And if you're expecting someone to constantly be the same way for a long period of time, you're actually stifling them from having the opportunity to grow and change. True. So we need to be encouraging that in one another. It's so important. And the the marriage team is a vital team. And we have experienced this in our own marriage. Mm-hmm. And probably I would the wife has such a powerful impact on the man. I mean, just powerful. And it's not mm-hmm. always overt, although when they say when wives say things, it is powerful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the most powerful thing they can do is pray. Oh yeah. I mean, there have been many times where um, I have been challenged by Bible studies that I've gone through with sisters in the Lord and listening to messages at Bible studies when I was a younger wife and being convicted of not wanting to becoming that dripping faucet or that contentious wife, right? Like a nagging wife. That is, I do not want to become that, right? But does that mean that when I see something that my husband could really growing <laughs> that I just stay quiet and don't say anything depends. sometimes depends. sometimes actually sometimes the most powerful thing you can do 
always the most powerful thing you can do is pray. Yeah. But sometimes the second most powerful thing you can do is just be silent and overlook an offense yeah. in that way. And it's so important that leadership happens. Of course, you need to lead each other. We have influence on each other. Yep. But God did assign a leader of the family, mm-hmm. and that is the husband. And that is not uh, an inequality thing. The wife is equal to the husband. Totally. Completely biblically. You can't have two captains of a ship. Right. Now, you're a go-getter, Ange. Like, Uh-oh. you're a natural leader. And I have natural leadership as well. That's right? true. That's so true. if we were both trying to lead at the same time. It would have been a disaster years ago. So I really appreciate how you've submitted and but you know encouraged what? my leadership. Oh, well, thank you. I, I've really tried, but I think that a lot of it comes from a desire, even though I love you and I want to encourage you to be the leader, a lot of it is really having an accountability and knowledge of what God's word is telling me and what my position is in our marriage and in our family and wanting to be obedient to God's word. I really do desire that. Yeah. But I also realize that um, that really there is no successful business out there. You've taught me this yeah. from all those leadership books that you used to read all those years. There's no successful business with two leaders in equal position. No. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So a marriage can't be run that way either. Yeah, so it's it's important. And why does this have to do with parenting? Well, first of all, your kids get to see how amazing marriage is. And if you want your kids to want to have a great marriage and desire that, we must be Model that. It. Yes. That is really important. Also, um, if we are not nurturing growth in each other, what makes you think you're naturally going to do that with your kids? If you're oh, not doing yeah. it with your wife and the wife's not doing it with their husband, you're not going to do it with your kids. Yeah, that's actually, oh, 100% true. I mean, how many times do we hear and see the memes that are like, oh, we're a vessel. We need to be filled up with the word of God so that we can pour out. <laughs> yeah. Well, who are we pouring out to first? Yeah. Right? And the reality is, is if you are constantly pouring out into your kids and you're not pouring any of that goodness and encouragement and exhortation and edification you know edifying your spouse and encouraging their gifts if you aren't pouring any of that into your spouse but you're pouring it all out into your kids and you have nothing left for them they're not going to be able to give to you or to the kids yeah so you actually both need to be like rallying each other to be able to do this thing called courageous parenting long term yeah so here's a step towards this which is encourage your spouse's strengths so we all have weaknesses and some of those weaknesses can be shored up and some of them are just weaknesses based on how god made us not Mm -hmm. sinning but just things we're not as good at and so what we need to do is focus on the strengths of our spouse and bring those out and our spouse might not even know some of their strengths but it could be your job it should be your job to bring those out That's actually, you know, it's reminding me of even spiritual gifts, right? How many people today don't know what their spiritual gifts are? Oh, yeah. And a a huge, huge responsibility actually is laid on the spouse to encourage that because we know each other the best, right? And you're my best friend. Yeah. And so you know me better than anyone. And if you can't call those gifts out in me, then how is 
Sally or Susie <laughs> going to call those things out in me? And and honestly, like, am I really going to be exercising those gifts to the full extent if my husband's not supporting me too? Here's a tough thing, actually. Some people listening might be feeling a little lonely and a little bit sad yeah. because they're not exercising their gifts and maybe nobody is calling out their gifts. And mm-hmm. I think that is an important, first of all, I'm sorry, feel bad about that, but you should talk to your spouse about that. Yeah, if you're married. Yeah. And, you know, a second thing that comes to mind is if if you're experiencing that, you really need to ask yourself and ask your husband, why is that? Are you guys actually living a biblical marriage? And are you living in biblical community? Yeah. Because while it is the spouse's first responsibility to be calling out the gifts in one another and the talents and encouraging those. It is also the job of the body of Christ. And so if you don't have people that you're walking next to in life that you're brushing up against that are causing you towards good works, then you need to really, really evaluate if you're in the right place. Let's read Hebrews 10, uh, 24 through 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I love that word, stir up. Yes. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So this is talking about community, talking about the body of Christ, fellowship in church. Right. But... Is not your family also a form of fellowship? Oh, totally. And it's an image of the body of Christ. It's it's just, it's the fam- family of God, right? Yeah. And so you're like a miniature picture of the family of God. And we get to um, be ambassadors for mm. that in the world, right? But at the same time, you know, so I mentioned before, if you need to reevaluate if you're experiencing this. Mm-hmm. Well, Isaac was just reading in Hebrews, and if you're not experiencing that, there's two ways it could go. Either you need to dig in more, or you need to really reevaluate if you're in the right place. Now, we've had a lot of different stories and experiences of really encouraging the strengths in each other. I can think of, um, obviously, you grew up being a believer. I was a new believer, mm-hmm. you know, shortly about a year before we got married or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you really encouraged me and prayed for me and were patient mm-hmm. for me to step into that leadership role, which I did very quickly, but was stumbling at times in our early days mm-hmm. and learning. But mm-hmm. you were patient and you were really encouraging those strengths in me. And one of the things Thank you always you. said was you always thought I could be a spiritual leader outside of the home, too. That's I right. I mean, that. that was one of the things that... I was attracted to most was the gifts and talents that God had given you that were natural gifts and talents that I believe that you were born with and that he was stirring up in you. And I was naturally attracted to those things. And so it be, it was just natural for me to stir them up in you. It wasn't that I was purposefully trying to, although now I do do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that you have stirred up in me gifts that never existed. Hmm. So, for example, I was never into public speaking. Deathly afraid of it, you guys. <laughs> and um, Isaac was actually, he recruited me to work for him. That's how we met. We'll tell you that story another time. But 
he was doing public speaking and I learned everything that I know from him. And so in that regard, he taught me and he stirred it up in me because he encouraged me to do it. So lots of different things. We encouraged each other to do a vineyard. That was a big project. That was more of uh, your dream. (laughs) (laughs) And I was faithfully behind you as a cheerleader and helping. I remember one time uh, we were running an organization. Uh, I was, but I say we because you were supporting you were at home taking care of the family. You were uh, also active in certain parts with wives and things like that in prayer right. and lots of things like that. Training receptionists, train, pain bills. Train, yeah, mm-hmm. very involved. Mm-hmm. And so, but we set out to do what had never been done before. And mm-hmm. and we went out and did 10 million, which uh, in a year and ended up doing that over the course of three years. In and, business, in yeah. Business, in business, mm-hmm. in, in sales, volume, and so forth. And that was something that I always said we did together. And even though maybe mm-hmm. as far as percentage time actually working on that project was low then because we had a lot of kids at the time. Yeah. But I always felt like you were equal partner in that because of your support. And I mm-hmm. think husbands, it's so important, even if your wife isn't mm-hmm. actively always part of your career doing those things, mm-hmm. if you're saying, look what I did, how does that feel to your wife? When she's like, yeah, you're able to do this because I'm working harder at home so that you can be away. So or, if you want support, yeah. it better be a we. Look at what we did. It's amazing what we did. It's I couldn't so do it without you. You were always so good at that. I mean, every time you got an award or were um, ushered up on stage to receive accolades, you always shared that glory with me. And um, and you always gave the most glory to God. And so I think that it's important that we recognize that our lives are not about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. That we're pointing to the Lord. But at the same time, we're also being willing to share in the fruits of the labor with our spouse. Absolutely. Now, the most powerful team in the world, you might disagree with me. The most powerful team in the world is the marriage team. Oh, yes. <laughs> you had me there for a second. <laughs> so why, is the, why is that the most powerful? Because in a marriage, you get to disciple and train God's people for 18 years and launch them into the world to make a difference. And the legacy of kingdom impact of that is tremendous. It is. It is huge, but only if you're encouraging your spouse's strengths. And there's another thing here. Hebrews... Uh, 3 12 says beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God but exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin we must protect each other in marriage encourage each other do you know the spiritual condition of your spouse because you've asked them deep deep questions you're able to hold each Mm -hmm. other accountable Yeah, and recognizing that we do have an enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy first your marriage and your family. And so if you realize that, then you're going to want to protect them by exhorting them from allowing them to be in sin. Or, you know, like it's so important that we are have that teachable heart even towards one another, right? We model that for our kids. If we're expecting our kids to have teachable hearts, we we have to have it. it. We've got to be doing it. Totally. So one thing is recognize your spouse in front Mm -hmm. of the kids this is a remarkable thing to do remarkable Mm -hmm. 
It's really been a huge, huge encouragement to me. You're and me too. When you do it to me, it's huge. Our, I feel like the kids' level of respect totally goes up. Do you want your kids to respect your wife? Do you and, want your kids to respect your husband? Well, then how you talk about your spouse in front of them makes all of the difference. And especially, I have to tell you, like I have seen the kids start to glow and like look at me in a different kind of light when my husband is encouraging or talking well in a respectful way about me to someone else in front of my kids. Yeah. Now we're not, that's powerful. I will say we're not perfect at this. Sometimes I make a mistake of not doing that or doing the opposite of that. And sometimes I do too. And you know what, but we're trying, we're striving to do that. We're repenting when we, when we make that mistake and, and apologizing to one another, another, which Mm -hmm. is key. And it's important. They see that apology in front of the kids too. Okay. So now, um, you had a scripture for us, I think. Oh, yeah. So First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Now, this particular verse is just, I, I think that every woman has been in a place in their marriage where they've experienced valleys, whether that's their husband losing their job, they're losing their job, um, trying to provide pregnancy sickness, postpartum sickness, losing a baby, um, cars breaking down, trial after trial, suffering, illnesses. There are so many things that can happen in life that can get you down. And there are times when we need to comfort each other, which is what this is saying. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. What does it mean to edify? Mm -hmm. It means to exhort and encourage and draw out, Mm -hmm. right? And so... It is so important that, one, you are comforting one another in marriage during those seasons, but also one of the things that can help, at least for me, I'm just going to speak really honestly, if I'm in a a bad space, like when I had postpartum depression, one of the best ways to trigger me out of that was beyond comforting and into the edifying, where you are believing in me. Reminding who and you reminding are. reminding me. And a perfect example of this was after we lost Sayla. Mm. And we... The, that was tough. It was really and tough. I almost lost you. Yeah. And it took me six months for my body to start feeling normal. And so I was postpartum, had postpartum depression from my pregnancy loss. And I learned a lot more. And I had been helping women before this because you had encouraged me to pursue being a doula, and I loved it. Mm. I absolutely loved I found a way that God designed me, wired me to be able to serve in the body of Christ, and it is a gift and an honor to be at women in their births, but also to walk through those hard seasons of postpartum. And you saw me serving in our community and teaching women, and you encouraged me to do that, to give back. And giving of myself helped me not to focus so much on the pain and the loss. It actually redeemed the hard, ugly stuff that I had walked through, and it helped me to gain new life. And then when we created the postpartum course, right then and there. And it was you who was helping me. I mean, you built that course. You helped me. You helped me. Because you knew that I was able, I had the gift of teaching. You said, you got to do this. This is going to help so many women. And so I just, like, it's those kinds of things all the way down to, I really appreciate when you always clean my underwear. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right? No, seriously. Like, do you remember years ago how everybody's husband's wired differently? Yeah. And different things speak love languages to different people. True. And you used to wear suits all the time. And it meant so much to you when When I was younger. When you, yes. But it meant so much to you when you had a clean, pressed shirt and suit and everything was already in the closet. You didn't have to go looking for things. Yeah, it was it. taken care of. Yeah. And so different people are wired differently, but that was one way that you got to study your spouse. You got to know them. But I think sometimes the reason these things don't happen is our own insecurities. If we are feeling insecure about ourselves, we're likely not to build somebody else up. And so, so true. it's really yeah. important to catch that in yourself because it feels so good when you build your spouse up. And when you build your spouse up, what starts to happen back to you? They reciprocate. Yeah, it's true. And so you got to initiate. And men, you're the leaders. You got to start. You got to do it. And it doesn't mean the wives can't do it too, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, men got to lead in a big way. Okay, so that's important. Now, um, not at the cost of your kids, though. We just talked about dreams and nurturing gifts and all these things, mm-hmm. but absolutely not at the cost of your kids. So, what do you think about that? Well, Isaac, you know this is kind of a soapbox for me, but I think that for women, there are seasons of life when you are a mom that you at times have to be wise, know your limits and boundaries so that you're not sacrificing the greater thing that God has for you. And you have to figure out what to say yes to and what to say no to. And there, you know, it's not going to be cookie cutter. It's not the same for every woman. But I think that if more women were willing to embrace and engage the season of life that God had them in with a spirit of contentness mm-hmm. versus being discontent, mm-hmm. which is a bit, these are biblical terms. If we were pursuing contentment in the season that God had us in, we would be thriving. And then when we get past that season and we move into the next season, we can look back on the previous season without regret. But Angie, God gave me this dream. He put it in me. Doesn't he want me to do it? That's true, but sometimes those dreams (laughs) are not to be fully realized until a different season. And that's where it takes actually surrendering all of your dreams, your will, under the headship of the Holy Spirit, surrendering them to the Lord so that he can lead you in when is the right timing. Because it's all about timing. But we have to be careful not to be pushing things before the Holy Spirit and pushing our agenda for dreaming there's seasons for dreams and dreaming doesn't mean that you're always doing sometimes there's dreaming and then sometimes there's dreaming and doing and taking action and sometimes sometimes you have a dream and god is planting a seed in your heart and he has more to prepare you for like for example i remember the first book that i thought i was supposed to write Mm -hmm. it was leaving a legacy yeah and marriage and family God specifically told me, you're going to write Redeeming Childbirth first because the story of writing that book is going to be part of the next story, which is leaving your legacy. And sometimes your gifts Mm -hmm. aren't to be used in the way you want to use them right now. Right. So you have to submit your gifts to God. Totally. And let him have you use them in the way he wants you to based on your season. Yeah, it's true. 
So we've got to remember that. Now, let's finish up with something really exciting to talk about, which is how you look at your marriage defines its reality. Okay, say that again, Isaac. <laughs> how you look at your marriage defines its reality. Okay, you're going to have to explain what that Well, means. so here's the thing. How you look at anything tends to define its reality because how you look at it is what continues to happen. So if you look at it in a certain way, that's probably what you'll have in 10 years from now. So make sure you are proactively and carefully looking at it in a really good way. So we should expect our marriages to be great, to be growing, and to have impact for the kingdom of God. I have another verse that's come into mind. Okay. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of another. This verse is often used for friendship, but in marriage, you're friends also. Oh, yeah. And that verse applies right smack dab in what we're talking about. Might be the, one of the best marriage verses hardly of ever all used. Time. That's right. Because the truth is, is as iron sharpens iron, I talk about this in the biblical friendship course, Yeah. but sharpening a knife is not a cozy, easy, laughable process. Right. I mean, there you're using iron on iron and scraping off the burrs. Yeah. If I was that knife, I'd be screaming, ow, ow. And if you're not sharpening like that, it becomes dull over time. And your marriage is either decreasing or it's growing. And if you have kind of just a, a stagnant view of your marriage, then nothing's going to change. And so, mm-hmm. but if we're growing and we're encouraging the gifts in each other, we're, we're sharpening, we're one, sharpening another. one another, then we're constantly growing. And there's always plenty to talk about. Your marriage is super interesting. And if your marriage mm-hmm. is interesting, your Guess kids what? are yep. fascinated with your marriage and you. And then they want it. They want a marriage too. And they envision themselves getting married. Not only that, but can you imagine if a marriage was thriving at that level where they're sharpening one another's iron sharpens iron? Yeah. Imagine that those kids are also being sharpened as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Now, expect your marriage to have impact. What kind of impact do you expect your marriage to have? You should brainstorm that together. You should think about that. I have a, I have a big vision for our marriage. Constantly, I, I feel yes, like yeah. we're constantly having impact. Whether it's in ministry, whether it's in business, in the relationships of people's lives, in our, our children, kids, and yeah. the legacy they're going to have of a hundred tulpins someday. <laughs> Don't tune out. Okay, stay with me. <laughs> but you know, it's it's why not? Now, yours can be unique and different because God made you unique and different, and that's good. And that's how all marriages should be. But the problem is, is that a lot of women or men, actually, I mean, hey, we live in a very feminist world where a lot of times men don't feel like they're relevant. Mm. Right. They maybe feel a little irrelevant or like, oh, I can't say that. I might offend somebody because I'm a man. If I was a woman, I could say that, but I can't say that. I know that you have you have had those feelings at times in the past. Sure. And I, I would just encourage you wives that we need to be nurturing and nourishing 
our husband's dreams Mm -hmm. and encouraging them to be the men that God designed them to be, for them to be fulfilling the dreams and the passions that God lays on their hearts and to be their biggest cheerleader. And men, you've got to encourage your wife if she's taking care of kids and, you know, doing all kinds of things, working to potentially all these things that she's doing, you need to encourage her, support her and help her as long as it's not at the cost of your children. That's right. And that's something that you as a couple have to discuss. Dream together, communicate, make a list. So here's the action steps we'll leave you with, which is make a list of the strengths tell your spouse and encourage one thing to do. And I would love it if you checked out CourageousParenting.com because there's so many good things happening there. We have the Parent Mentor Program, all those things you've probably heard about, but it's really, really exciting and you should check it out because that's where the biblical parenting model is that is helping so many couples do the Courageous Parenting. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.